Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So by audience demand, I give you some politics. You wanted it. You know, Brendan, dive into political talk, topics and whatnot. So I'm going to to finally do it. I was was hesitant to do this for the longest time because it's become such like a divisive issue, the political spectrum. Plus, it's an area of thought, dogma, and ideas that made me aware of my own bias, my own bias dogma, and not only in politics, but other areas. You know, politics, political theory, and policy research was an area of my life that, that showed me the amount of bullshit games that goes on in the pursuit of understanding whatever, whether it's the cosmos, the world, the earth, and just the human condition itself. You know, I was I was shown some of the bullshit lies I followed to make me feel better. I had found, you know, another group, a political group that that thought they held the truth in their hand, was was able to overcome all the pushback, was able to prove the world to the world through facts, logic, and, and reason that their ideas were the truth, the only truth, and everyone else was, was following the lies of the system. The system, man, right? So replacing society's truths with the friend truth, fringe truth, doesn't make your truth more true. Anyway, <laughs> I've been I've been almost scared to dive into political topics because although I'm I'm constantly trying to humble myself, admit my mistakes, admit when I'm wrong, admit when I when I don't know something, I still kind of try to avoid being wrong publicly. I try to be be thoughtful, and politics is something that I'm really careful around and, and careful what I say because I know how how drastically I've shifted in many things. My mind is shifted around politics with more confusion than I have <laughs> than I have clarity. And the judgment involved with this field of discussion isn't super forgiving, which we're going to definitely get into and the research behind that. It's brutal. It's fucking brutal. It's like, oh, you believe that, oh, you you fool. Or or you can't comment on that because of your privileged background, or you can't comment on that because you are a male. All this stuff, all this gunk, all these, all these denials of other people's beliefs because of your supposed beliefs or backgrounds and all that. And stuff like that that had me thinking, well, fuck you. You know, I won't then. But fuck them. <laughs> I will. If I mess up or, or, or you think I'm wrong, tell me. I've always been open. That's been something I say probably to, a, to an annoying extent. I say that shit every episode. I might be wrong. I could be wrong. Actually, I know I'm probably wrong on stuff I've said. And who knows, tomorrow I could change. I could come out with an episode tomorrow that says completely different. I admit I'm wrong because I get frustrated when the people don't want to admit that. They just want to double down, double down. And when they get shown all the information that could prove them wrong, they double down again. All of that. You know, I'm wrong all the time. I shift my position when new information comes in because I will never know enough to be absolutely certain about my positions. But that's not, that's not what this episode's going to be all about because I know I've kind of covered this topic before. But I want to kind of give you this clarifier for new people and, and especially around this political topics. But as always, if you'd like to support the show, check out my Patreon for the bonus episode feed. Rate me on iTunes, join the Discord, share with your friends the works. You know, thank you for your support and listening as always it means a lot but let's get into this thing and let's enter the labyrinth 
this is like a primer episode for the future political episodes, but I feel like something must be addressed about the landscape. It's not like the typical, you know, like, oh, there's no discourse going on. We need more debate and discussion, which we do. But typically the people that talk about that topic of, oh, we need more debate, more discussion, more uh, being open to people's beliefs. Like I said, generally I do agree. But I found that the people defending that position also happen to have a very strong political leaning of who they align themselves with. And I won't say particulars in this circumstance, but I've had issues with people that that fall under that umbrella of that's kind of like their political thing is to talk about it in that way, if that makes sense. So, But when you enter the discussion of politics and political discourse, you're immediately met with a question of, you know, where do you line? Where do you line, bro? Like, where where is your positions at? What team are you on? Part of my journey away from dogmatic politics found me in various areas of the internet, <laughs> places from the, from what some would call, you know, like the woke left, uh, libertarian anarchist land, centrist left, centrist right, you know, the, the, the mainstream, even borderline alt right, out of curiosity, not agreement with them, of course, but just curiosity, like why do they believe what they believe? That's like my whole thing is finding out why people hold the beliefs they do. But what I found fascinating wasn't necessarily the opinions of those and all of these, these groups. There's more groups that I could mention as well, but, but no. What I found fascinating was, was one thing, the righteous indignation that each group demonstrated. Each group, every group had it. The outspoken people had it. Now maybe some of, some of that is justified for certain groups. I'm not denying that. That's not the point. It's more of like the observation of what is happening. Not not saying who's right, who's wrong. That's not the deal here. That's not really my place to judge either. I don't have a firm enough understanding of my own ideas of justice to pass that claim. No, 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 no. So I found these various areas of the internet fascinating. From articles, podcasts, books, you start seeing that each area of thought is living in their own tunnel reality. I mean, maybe that's all we can really truly be in is our own tunnel reality. We can make that tunnel wider. But really, you are in your own tunnel reality with your own truth and own made-up enemies and, you know, some other to fight against. And here's maybe my point for this episode. I see the problem with our current political landscape comes from this problem of these various political groupings fighting imaginary enemies. And these imaginary enemies come from allowing certain members of said groups being the loud, outspoken, and angry minority that controls the narrative. The narrative of a small portion of certain groups that muffles the thoughtful discourse and discussions going on either in less prominent areas or silenced out of fear. Nuance is being muffled by loud minorities. Those loud minorities want false comparisons to rule the day of discourse. Those, those loud minorities want to create these, these false comparisons. Say, you know, fuck you to nuance essentially because they want to hold on to their truth, their created enemy, their false enemy. They want to live a lie to make them feel good, make them feel smart, double down on the lie, run from the humbling reality of ignorance, run, 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 run. That's what many 
on those fringes want to do. And maybe you could run fast enough your entire life. The lies never smack you smack dab right in the fucking face. But do you really want to live a lie? Are you really sure of your certainty? I don't care what your answer is. You, you probably shouldn't be, is what I want to say. But, they don't, but many, and, and maybe I fall under this too, maybe this whole thing I'm creating is just this new false reality I'm creating for myself to make myself feel better. But I also see it in others. They, they don't want to give up their reality, a reality that makes them feel comfortable, safe, at peace in their anger, a self-righteous lie. A self-righteous lie is the most comforting lie in a way. Oh, I'm on the right side of history. But really those loud minorities I keep saying or talking about, they come about from the lack of courage from people in those groups that believe in the nuance, that believe in the humbling reality of the human condition, the need for discussion, the need for openness. They're quiet. And that's why I want to enter the political space of discussion. I'm interested, curious about it, and understand the effects politics plays in our lives. I was avoiding the topic out of fear, fear of the backlash I could get if I misspeak, don't do enough research on a topic, or get something wrong. But fuck that. (laughs) I'm allowing those loud few to stop me from exploring the nuance that is in these discussions, the nuance I find important. You don't have to, but I do. I have to be willing to trust myself. And you have to be willing to trust yourself in these discussions as well. I'm trying to convince you of that as well. If you feel compelled to have them, I get it. If you don't, like, I get it. They can't, they can turn toxic so fucking fast. If you don't word something a certain way or, or misread the person you are having a conversation with. But it's important because what we know that this perceived political divide is, is because those with more extreme political views have become more active, while those with, with more complex and nuanced views have become the inactive, the silent majority. That was me. I used to have more extreme and strongly held positions. I was more politically active. I was humbled then. Realized my dogma. Now I don't know. I don't know what my positions are. I don't know what I believe. I'm curious about it, but I don't know. For a long time, I was much more active than inactive but after the humbling i'm like okay i became inactive but now i'm like okay there needs to be the nuanced voices wanting to pop up not having a team not having a tribe politically and recognizing that and here's the big problem i see we fear saying i don't know we are afraid For some reason, if we don't have an opinion about every fucking issue of life, we feel stupid. There's there's not enough time in this life to have an educated opinion about everything. That's that's true. Like there's just not enough time to place all your little time marbles at. If the main source of information though for your positions comes from talking head host on CNN or or Fox News, you should probably step back. Shut the fuck up and go seek out more sources, alternative information, alternative perspectives, maybe some research. Don't post that long post on Facebook expressing your your views. And trust me, I, I get it. If you don't want to do that, um, I went through a period where I really didn't want to do that. And I'm still kind of going through that. But don't go on social media wanting to virtue signal to the world your opinion on an issue you borrowed from last night's episode of Sean Hannity. You know, it's it's okay to say I don't know. We need to normalize, in a way, 
saying I don't know. It's okay to shut the fuck up about something. It doesn't mean you are dumb. It doesn't mean you lack intelligence. It means you've put your time in other things. And that's okay. We have to be willing to be okay with that. If we want to be. But if you want to have opinions about stuff, if you want to talk about this stuff, start with I don't know. Constantly start with that. This episode is for me too. You know, <laughs> I need to remind myself of this too, the, the I don't know. Like, don't just have an opinion for the sake of having an opinion. I still struggle with this every day, especially when I'm interested in stuff about, you know, this podcast is essentially me expressing my opinion a lot of times. Um, But why do we do this shit? Why do we feel the urge to join an opinion team? Well, (laughs) evolution as usual. Uh, we, we, we confident, foolish little sapiens have this predisposition to be self-righteous pricks, self-righteous fucking assholes. We are creative beings that survive on cooperation. But what does this, what does this cause? Well, it means we, we form groups around common causes and beliefs. Fair, good in a lot of ways. But this also creates in-groups. And where in-groups exist, you necessarily have out-groups. Conflict by evolution becomes predetermined. But friends, let me tell you, you can care about an issue without taking a firm stance on it. When I say firm stance, it means like you basically just blocking off anything else. Like you just won't take any other position. The position of, hey, I want to fix that, but I don't really know what the best way to fix that. Maybe that's something we should do instead. But let me paint a political picture for you to kind of, so you can kind of see where I came from in a sense, but also why I have the hopefully more nuanced desire I do today. I'll call it part of of Brendan's dumbass arrogant political years, aka high school. (laughs) It was the year 2012, and naive me was walking the halls of my small town high school. I was fairly vocal about my political positions. Uh, you know, my polit- politics was something that got me interested in, you know, discourse, ideas, psychology, philosophy, that stuff. Positions that I regurgitate from growing up in a conservative-leaning household and then consuming conservative-leaning information. Telling my fellow seniors at the time that t- turned 18 in time for the election that year that they must vote for Romney. That was my thing. Why? Well, Romney, Romney was the good guy. Sure, he had his flaws, but he was still the good guy. I put that in quotation marks, and I know you can't see it, but quote-unquote, the good guy. Yeah, and Obama, he wanted to steal the money from hardworking Americans and give it to the politicians. He wanted to hurt small business owners. Blah, 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 blah. Obama was the bad guy that hated America. How could people vote for him, I thought. They wanted to keep their money. What? What fools? I thought. Okay, so I'll get older. I'll understand my side more and show the world who the good guys were. That will be it. I will know who the good guys are. I will have this this unbiased lens where I just know a good guy when I see it politically. The world just needed arrogant me to tell them the facts. Then college happened. 
you know, you're thrown into a world of many more opinions, many more perspectives, new information. Those bad guys have valid concerns, valid points. Oh, I found this new thing called libertarianism. They were they were pointing out a, a, a lot of problems both sides had. Then I dug into that more. Oh, their solutions become a little less clear. Humbling, humbling, humbling. The 2016 election comes around. Most around me were, were rooting for Hillary, of course, but many hated her. The, oh, she's she's terrible on X, Y, and Z, but at least she's not Trump. Everyone has these, these vague justifications for the positions, but do we really know why we have our political positions? This this next election that's coming up, the, the uh, oh, I'm choosing Biden because he's better for the poor, or I'm choosing Trump because he's going to drain the swamp. But why? why? Why are they going to do that? Why is that a good justification? Which... For example, on the Biden side, which social programs do you think he's proposing? Are you sure tax cuts are actually going to come for the rich? Or or not, or sorry, <laughs> not going to come for the rich? You know, they happened under Obama. What's going to actually change? Uh, he's, you know, it, I know this this one's kind of, it's kind of a vague example, but but same for Trump supporters. The he will drain the swamp. W- where have you been these last four years? No, he hasn't. It's been it's been business as usual. And I'm not saying this is this is everyone, but most of us have our political positions come down to, you know, a belief that one person is better than another. We don't really know why for sure. We can't lay out those and I'm not saying this is everyone. We can't lay out those political policies, the effects, the the backed research, the studies who is doing the studies? Do those studies have, have special interest at play? We can't really, most of us can't lay that out. I admit I can't on most things. Some things I can. We don't know. I don't expect us to all know. It takes too much time. But I wish more of us would remember the boat we are in around this stuff. It's confusing. It's complicated. It's nuanced. And it needs nuance in the discussions. In my political past, I realized I had to admit to myself that I don't have all the answers. Doubling down, putting faith on political talking heads wasn't the answer either. They might be the worst fucking source of information. They only want to fill their pre-existing bias that lets their audience hear what they are already wanting to hear. It's a political circle jerk. And maybe this episode is to convince people to calm the fuck down. Your self-righteousness doesn't become more true because you are convinced of your beliefs. Everyone is convinced of their beliefs. Be mindful that that politics brings out our worst selves. We get angry, lose our temper, temper, <laughs> hateful, anxious. For some reason, it brings out the worst in us. And that's something to analyze for another day is, is why that is. Because many of us are convinced that we are on the right side of history. And maybe you are, maybe. maybe. And maybe you ask, why should I question my strongly held political beliefs. Maybe you are convinced you've done the research. You say, I've done my research. Mm -hmm. But have you really, like, have you really, if you honestly ask yourself, have you? Because you probably looked at the information with this biased pre-existing lens. And that shit is backed by research, that biased lens. We already struggle proving ourselves wrong, but we're even worse actually fucking the worst with looking at counter evidence to our political positions. Research for that will be linked below. So I'm not saying you're all wrong. What the fuck do I know? 
But I'm saying you probably have recently looked at information with an arrogant fucking lens. So calm the fuck down the next time you try to to convince someone to change their political positions. Getting angry, getting mad, this dangerous mindset. And yes, it, it's it's you might actually be looking at political information with your more arrogant lens. It's And what I mean by that is, with that research, they did MRIs to see which parts of your brain light up. Turns out the brain lights up in certain areas where political beliefs are challenged, areas that are connected with your more emotional responses. And those emotional responses come from your kind of fight or flight, fear, sense of danger, very survival mechanism. It's not your your reasoning part of your brain that's able to like carefully calculate through information and determine what information is good. It's no, I need to act now, 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 now. I need to protect myself now. And what you do is you end up protecting that political identity because that's the identity you've identified yourself with. So when that fight or flight thing comes into play, you're like, I need to protect my identity now, my political identity. So does that does that sound like someone that's good at looking at political information? Does that sound like someone that's not biased, that's, that's looking at through that information with an open-minded lens? No. And also parts of your brain dealing with your personal identity, the same areas that light up around religion as many of you know religion can blind you to certain just might be able to might be might be blinding you to certain pieces of evidence right now let me say imagine the the dunning-kruger effect model i'll try to paint this picture because i think the image displays it perfectly but it's that image of basically a lot of people holding on to strongly held beliefs but they actually don't have nearly enough information to justify they're on mount stupid on the graph. I was there for a long time. I fell off. I think I might be forever at the bottom of that cliff because basically, you know, I'm still stupid, but also I'm aware of my stupidity. So where does that put me? I don't know. Maybe that makes me someone that you could listen to on a podcast. Maybe you shouldn't. That's for you to decide. But then you, you can go on a knowledge journey after falling off Mount Stupid. You stop having those strong convictions then see that knowledge in a new light. You have this, and I'm not saying you can get rid of all your convictions. That's, I think that's a oversimplification. But the idea is to get rid of as many convictions as possible by falling off Mount Stupid, right? So those convictions, you are then more carefully able to carefully start forming based on the new information you are gathering, based on a new, more open-minded lens you're seeing the world through after you have been having that humbling experience of realizing you have no idea what the fuck is going on. Now, mind you, it's possible to fall off Mount Stupid and climb up another bigger mount of Mount Stupid. (laughs) So I'm I'm hoping I'm climbing towards something. Sometimes I fall off again, realizing a past belief was really fucking dumb. But generally, I'm hoping I'm still building. It, it's like uh, up and down with ebbs and flows. But the general trajectory is hopefully utilizing knowledge to create more justified convictions that I'm able to back up and talk about more thoroughly and adequ- adequately that, you know, it it's firing off different parts of my brain. It's what I'm hoping it's doing. So instead of the the blind convictions, many of us probably half. So my point is, be mindful of the tribe you favor, especially politically. We have a lot of research that shows just how biased we become around politics, especially when we internally attribute ourselves to a certain political party or system. It lights up the wrong areas of your brain, of our brain. 
If we want to help mitigate that, we have to honestly ask ourselves, why do I believe what I believe? You know, ask yourself, have I really done the research? I'm not even saying I have. Like, <laughs> like when I when I say this stuff, sometimes I'm I'm say this stuff to hopefully take my own advice because I suck at taking my own advice, right? But I also no longer have those strong political convictions I once had, and that's okay. And I think that's a good thing. And if you don't want to do the research, that's fine. I get it. Shit can be hella fucking boring. But get off Facebook. Don't retweet that tweet from that political talking head. Don't repost that thing on your Insta story. But if you're going to, be ready to back it up. Even if you never have to. Do it for yourself. Do it for your own peace of mind. Do it to humble yourself. Do it to make you more open to alternative perspectives. And ask yourself those whys to not only humble yourself, but do it because we know the bias that we face. Do it because you recognize how important politics is in our life. Do it because nuance is an important part of creating a better society. But if you want any chance at finding political truth, knowledge, and maybe most importantly, political wisdom, you need to unlock yourself from your political tribe. You can't lock yourself in like that because it's firing off the wrong parts of your fucking brain. And maybe remember this. Nobody thinks they're the evil motherfucker in their story. I feel like all of us kind of need to remember that important fact. But as always, thank you for listening and get the fuck out of my life. <laughs>